Welcome to the Smiling Boys Podcast. This is a podcast that explores a public health approach to improving the mental health of black boys while challenging the negative stereotypes often associated with this demographic in the society. This is a happiness research informed podcast themed on the eight pillars of happiness explored on my research trip to the top five happiest countries in the world. Now, isn't that cool? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Smiling Boys podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be exploring a pillar of happiness, which is the togetherness and belonging pillar. And this is the offshoot or the second episode from the theme around role models. And this particular episode will be around black fathers or the myth of missing black fathers in the household and how this relates to a lot of the society's ills, especially when it comes to black boys. We're going to kind of delve into that in terms of what the statistics say and actually what the conversations and political tools these statistics serve and how they are also used to kind of blind us in some ways and also then kind of holding the the double truth of actually exploring and critiquing why there are inevitably high cases of single parent households which are predominantly just uh, black women or mothers period and how there are some interesting themes to explore within that as a whole. As always, I'm going to start with reading some excerpts and some research stats that kind of explore some of the findings around this particular theme. So as protests fill the streets across the United States and the UK, some people who are looking to deny systemic racism are resurfacing a false and pernicious myth, one that places blame for the biggest problems facing the black community on black men. It's the myth that most black dads are absent from their child's lives. So we use the word myth here in this context because there are some statistical evidence that suggests some elements of this being true, but the overall narrative of the missing black father in the household is a sensationalized myth that feeds into a lot of political agendas and also feeds into a lot of negative tropes that are portrayed for capitalistic gains. And we're going to explore that on numerous levels because we can hold double truths, right? By understanding that something does exist in a particular idea, not necessarily in the scale and the numbers in which it's spoken of, but also exploring how that also is exploited in a weaponized fashion to consistently delegitimize real claims of inequalities and institutional racisms and mass incarceration and all these other factors that truly exist that feed into this idea as opposed to just black men and black fathers just choosing to disappear out of the blue just because they don't want to be fathers. So yeah, let's explore that further. So the UK Office of National Statistics in 2011 census states that 36% of black African children and 48% of black Caribbean children are being raised in single parent households. So 18.9% of black households were made up of of a single parent with dependent children, the highest percentage out of all ethnic groups for this type of household. The lowest percentage was found amongst the Asian household at just 5.7% families and household reports 2019. So what's really interesting in these statistics and these reports is what they don't really account for in most cases is out of the single parent household, it's not always very clear how much of that is solely just the mothers in the household. It's just the idea of single parent household and the statistics is associated with that forms political discourse. And there's an often an assumption when connected to this idea, this myth of the missing black father, that there is always an assumption that it's the father that's missing in that case. Another thing that's really important is it doesn't really account for the co-parenting that might exist in terms of individual arrangements that exist between the parents as to how frequently the father and the mother see and are present in the 
the child's life. These statistics don't account for those. Also, in terms of looking at the, the global or the global West in terms of the agenda or the myth of this idea of missing black father, it doesn't also account for the fact that often children who are raised in single homes often have to have a singular address. And often if they are spending time in their mothers and their fathers, most times if the mother is the main carer, the child has the address of the mother and therefore it nullifies the idea that this child might have both parents in their lives in different capacities but because their single address is the mother's address then ultimately it paints a very skewed picture of what a single parent household without the father figure might be as well so that's again just interesting nuanced context to how a lot of the statistics are being gathered together to feed a particular political agenda which often is again a weaponized one against the black community as well so it's really important to be very astute to these um, political weapons and measures in play a cdc study found that about 2.5 million black fathers were living with their children and about 1.7 million were officially living apart from them There are also studies that show that children who grow up in two-parent households perform better in school, are less likely to commit crimes, and have higher future earning potential. What these studies don't often, again, account for is the impact of depressed wages, chronic unemployment, discriminatory hiring practices, the history of mass incarceration, housing, lots of other inequality in terms of job access and job market, the educational opportunities that are, again, not easily available to the black community and black men in this cases and not just the family structure but on the resource available to black families to produce results similar to their white counterparts i'm going to play you a series of uh, audio clips from some young people discussing some of their role models and the impacts of these people's actions and the characteristics on their thought processes around themselves and what that makes them feel like and after that we shall come back into this discussion around the role of black fathers in raising boys and children generally and my father because he's inspirational. That's great. Why is your father inspirational? He's always like congratulating me after I do well for the matches. That's really good. My dad because he teaches me new things and how to overcome things. That's great. I see you as as an inspiration. Obviously, um, although good male woman to me as my dad's independent, much more work. Yeah. I'm a father. I believe that, and I'm grateful for the fact that you come okay so what's really interesting about these really short clips is again having a a nuanced discussion around the presence of black fatherhood right there are some really interesting elements of this short excerpts that really ring true and center this conversation in a very unique way what's interesting is obviously there's this idea as i highlighted this myth that black fathers are very absent in the household and ultimately they're not often spoken of in terms of the actual acts that's still very prevalent in a lot of households by fathers when they are present and also actually not much visibility is being shone on the roles of black fatherhood in popular media in consumed art and all these other elements and what's really interesting to explore there is what that benefits in terms of the bigger picture of capitalism and all these other ideas that benefit from the idea of this myth that black fathers are not present and 
continually feeds into the idea that there is an irresponsibility there. There is a lack of civilization and that idea of the inheritance of black fathers or black men not being able to, to be in a civilized structure or not be in an environment where they can be held accountable and be responsible for somebody else besides themselves and their frivolous needs. So that's really fascinating. But what's really interesting is, you know, these a couple of young boys in that group, even though, yes, overwhelmingly, a lot of the boys that I work with do come from a single parent household. And in most cases, they are being raised by their mothers. But what is really interesting is that the fathers that are present in some of these young boys' lives, the roles that they still play and how incredibly understated that is in terms of some of the actual consistent key roles that these fathers have in their young boys' lives and how it actually impacts these young boys in very, very particular ways. And ultimately, there's an exercise that I do. I tell them to write down somebody that inspires them or somebody who they would see as a role model and why, which is really key. And often, overwhelmingly, they write male figures. Some of them are fictional. Some of them are celebrities. And in some cases, they write their fathers. And what often comes as an interrogation point is asking them why do they think that they write more or solely just male figures instead of females or other non-binary folk. And most of the time, you know, they are often mythified by that by thinking, I didn't even really think about it. So there's a really inherent connection between masculinity, boys, and how we are projected this idea of what we imagine ourselves to be through another man's eye, right? And there is, you know, a lot of exploration around how this is the case and why this is the case. But just from a simple biological, physiological standpoint, we see what we are to be from somebody that looks and models a lot of things that's very similar to us. And in most cases, the first exposure to that is your father. And if not that, then it's other male figures because mothers do incredible work, but there is obviously voids that are left there from a boy and masculinity perspective in terms of trying to project a version of yourself based on somebody else's modeling exactly that. Another interesting thing was, you know, a young boy talking about him not having his father around because his father is in pen. You know, there is a really interesting, if not paid attention to, almost humorously comical, dismissive tone to that right? Because as black boys, as black men growing up, it almost to a certain degree feels normalized around certain environments. If you are growing up in an environment that's socioeconomically deprived, you are growing up in an environment that, you know, there's not much access and resources. Therefore, the likelihood that most male figures in those areas are falling prey to lots of systems that are institutionally instated for those purposes. Let's not forget the idea that in slavery and through those times, one of the biggest things that were done was to separate fathers from their children and their wives so they do not get distracted, so they do continually stay at the mercy of their slave owners and they're able to discipline them because they don't have all these other distractions and all these other elements. So understanding that this has been a method of ensuring that the capital, which in those times was the physical body of black men, as well as the commodity, which also was the physical body of black men, was kept in the best way possible possible so that it can continually produce higher levels of economic outturn through the work and through the things that they create from the plantation. So understanding that these tropes have existed since then, they're not just going to disappear, right? There has to be newer ways in which they can keep the same ideology. And therefore, this is where the systems play a part. Understanding that in the household, fathers, black men, black families, collectively, for the most part, are falling prey to a lot of the socioeconomic structures that make sure that the household 
household combined income is very low. So therefore, you know, crime becomes much more of a viable choice for most households and fathers mostly because of the idea that capitalism is imprinted in us as a society that you need to be able to put food on the table and provide. So therefore, a black man on failing to do so has to look at other means necessary. And this is where crime and over-criminalization of black bodies fall into place. And then obviously, violence in the hands of the state in terms of policing, but also intra-community violence based on the deprivation of resources in those communities, right? So it's always important to explore the why and not just focus on the what. And I think this myth almost absolves the society for the why and focuses on just the what. And what I'm really interested in is creating a nuanced conversation around the why, but also recentering the lens to the plethora of black dads that still do exist and the immensely impacting roles they still play in the lives of their children but also not just their children actually as a community and that's something that's a very big cultural story that is almost not ever spoken of the fact that you know as africans as people of color it takes a community to raise children so even in places where there isn't a father there tends to be other models of male in the family as uncles grandfathers all these other people women aunties who also provide the nucleus of love in most cases that these children also need to thrive so that's also really interesting and important to explore but one thing that we cannot run away from is the fact that they are corrupt relations between households where there aren't that many male role models and ultimately the susceptibility of that child be it a boy in most cases to exploitative versions of male role models to fill those voids there are those imminent risks and challenges and something that's really interesting to explore is obama spoke on this a lot throughout his term in office but very important public speeches like uh one that he delivered in 2008 at a rally he said too many black fathers he said are missing from too many lives and too many homes they have abandoned their responsibilities acting like boys instead of men we know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime nine times more likely to drop out of schools and 20 times more likely to end up in prison they are more likely to be having behavioral problems or run away from home or become teenage parents themselves and the foundations of our community are weaker because of it so one thing that's really interesting about this statement that he put out in this particular speech is it lacks nuance right and it plays into the hands of those political agendas that want to capitalize on the idea that all the ills and the problems being faced by black men and the black community are solely based upon this particular myth the fact that if black men were still present in the household nobody would be getting killed by police if black men were still present in the household black kids would still not be getting excluded from school and sent to the people referral units and then sent through to the criminal justice system if black men were still in the household there will be swifter social economic trajectory in the places of work there will be open and equal access to opportunities in the places of work. Also, the fact that there would be better chances for black men, black women to get promoted readily like their white counterparts in the office. The fact that in the healthcare, you know, black men, black women will be less sectioned in the Mental Health Detainment Act. That black women will get better health experiences in the healthcare services. I mean, all these factors are supposed to be based upon the fact that black fathers are not in the household. And that is the idea that is painted out to us when this myth becomes a circulated myth, especially out of the mouth of a lot of people that 
are supposed to represent the community in that regard. And that's what I find quite dangerous about this, even though there is some truths and some facts in this ideas that he speaks of, but what it lacks is the nuance, the idea that these things that he speaks of do not absolve the fact that majority of these systems that actually create the disappearance of black fathers in the household are state sanctioned. Half of these things are institutionally structured to make it that way. And that's one of the biggest challenges that statements like this without the other element becomes a very divisive and very weaponized tool to actually pushing back a lot of the fights that we are in to try and secure equity, to kind of secure fair access and equality all across the board in the society. So what's interesting, again, to highlight is the fact that for black children, the presence of black fathers will not alter these racist drug laws that exist, the sus laws that exist, the stop and search laws. It will not alter the prosecutorial protection of police officers who kill, who unfairly detain, who use excessive force. It would not alter the mass school exclusion for black boys. So focusing on the supposed absence of black fathers allows people to pretend that this oppression is not real while also further scapegoating black men for all the societal ills that we face. So broken families are inevitably a consequence of the exact kinds of problem that Black Lives Matter is fighting against. So innocent black men who are killed by police obviously won't be there for their families. That's a fact. So the more people that are taken away or killed by police officers also feed into the statistics of single parent households. Like we can see that in the case of George Floyd, he was a father. Now she becomes a child who's raised by a family, a mother, and the village at large. Mark Duggan Smiley culture All these people were fathers too So when we do not Again engage in this conversation With nuance What we do run the risk of doing Is painting this Very very simplistic Basic picture Of the fact that Black fathers are missing Out of the doing Of the black man's self So the fact that black people are more likely to be charged, tried, convicted, and sent to jail for all sorts of crimes more than white people, this, again, is something that doesn't feature in the conversation around the lack of the presence of black fathers in the household. So for me, it's really important that whenever this gets brought up, that the complete context is spoken about. Understanding the structures, the systems that make for those things to be the case, but then inside of that, by holding multiple truths, we can also dissect and explore a lot of the other the failings intrapersonally in the black masculine household the concept of patriarchy and how that also feeds into the ideas that then because some fathers are traumatized based on having lots of all of these structures that impact them or perhaps the fact that they also grew up in households uh, devoid of fatherhood therefore these things without the access and willingness in some cases to engage in therapy which help us understand and explore and deal with this trauma we then carry that into the households which then becomes untenable in the household either through violence either through mental health issues and disorders therefore it actually is safer and much more positive for that child to actually be raised in a household full of love that is devoid of all of those other actual problems so therefore you know that's important to also explore in this context so what's really an interesting exploration when we start to think about this is realizing that there are lots of great visible examples of great black fathers in the last five, six years around different media. So there's the dope black dads. There's lots of other movements that are, you know, designed to really actually highlight a lot of the actual visible presence of black fathers being fathers 
in single parent households or even in a nuclear household as well. So that I think is, is a very important visual accessible documentation for a lot of people to hopefully start to change this kind of one dimensional singular trope and this myth that actually exists without actually creating nuance and creating an actual perspective and context in which everything sits within. So one of the potential ways of challenging this and providing solution-based thinking around this is first, I think, as I highlighted, more visibility of a wider spectrum of black fatherhood, showing that there are lots of black fathers, not even just on an anecdotal level. I mean, I can reel out lots of examples of fathers that I know that are black that are still around and very present in their households. But just even on a national kind of statistical discourse, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that there, you know, that these numbers are not one outside of if you remove the facts of you know the criminal justice and what that has done uh, and incarcerating a lot of men wrongfully black fathers black men also the fact that you know the mental health detainment act disproportionately affects black men if you take away the fact of black fathers and black men who have been killed or debilitated by the state by the police institution when you account for all of this actually you realize that there are lots of fathers in households that are present and are making tangible impact in the lives of children and children of the wider society as a whole. But what's important to do is to critique the other percentages that are not falling under the other structures that I explored that are just based upon lots of other factors that are more personal and interpersonal in terms of the relationships that exist in those places. And therefore, those are much more nuanced in terms of solution-based. I think there's a lot of work that black men need to do within ourselves in terms of, you know, especially a lot of us black men who grew up in households without fathers i think there are lots of things that impact us in that regard there is a lot of ways in which this really shapes the ways in which we view ourselves the ways in which we view relationships and the ways in which we take the concept of responsibility in some cases very problematic way because we have been held responsible for a lot of things that perhaps were not our own doing so often in most cases you know there are responsibilities that fall on us because our fathers are not in the household much earlier than other children who you know grow up in dual parentage households you know there's a lot of other things where we have to pay for the crimes of our absent father figure often in the hands of our mothers our aunties our you know family at large and how this really impacts the ways in which our identities are formed because at a very young age I know that I have to counter every negative emotion or feeling that comes associated to my mom based on the fact that my father wasn't there I had all these responsibilities as the first male in the house to be able to do certain things because that's the expectation that would have been filled by my father. So understanding that there's a lot of all these things and how this really impacts us and the models of masculinity that we live out, a lot of us need to explore a therapeutic platform to be able to do this, not in the relationships that we are in, which ultimately ends up being some of the ways in which we try to actually express these things, which it's not healthy. So we need to actually externally explore this in therapy. And that's one of the biggest challenges, especially around masculinity and also black masculinity, because we look at the intersection of the culture and the gender. Those two intersections do not openly explore and engage in the concept of therapy. So therefore, trying to challenge our thinking in this time to embrace and explore this concept in a therapeutic fashion, to be much more open to exploring 
our traumas in these spaces with professionals who are equipped to help us with the tools to help us navigate these things because those are really important ways in which we can start to kind of demythify this idea of the missing black father again as I highlighted more exposure to a multitude of examples of black fathers present in households and are doing incredible you know work by just being fathers and being great partners as well because I think there's often just a one dimensional narrative because as I highlighted it feeds a lot of the ideas and the agendas politically and also capitalistically providing real opportunities I think is the most important thing in terms of the society to be able to reduce this number that we're speaking of we need to actually hold the society to account we need to reduce the lack of economic opportunities for black people to progress so therefore in the nucleus of a household there could be love there could be economic sustenance in those households without actually having to fight for these things consistently from generation to generation and inevitably these things have an impact in the lives of the household alongside everything i highlighted i think it's also important to dismantle this myth of the superwoman which often is a moniker that's placed at the doorstep of black women who end up being single parents or, or whatnot so there's this idea that the superwomen they can take care of everything so actually they don't need a man and ultimately that trope in itself becomes quite problematic because therefore there is in the psyche of some black men the idea that well she's superwoman anyway so she can handle all these things so therefore actually there is a dehumanization in that context that well she's more than just a human she's like used to dealing with all of these tragedies and all of these shortfalls and shortcomings of men so like she can deal with it anyway you know so there's there's an idea that we do not see them as women who are in need of a physical spiritual emotional psychological support in a union that's meant to be based upon love and I think that's really something that a lot of our psyche has to be reimagined in the ways in which we expect this superwomanness in mothers and black mothers specifically when they are raising children because then it, it kind of absolves the father in those cases from any kind of responsibility and what they should be doing and how much more they should be present in those young people's lives one of the most important things around this episode was just really exploring again the whys the whys behind some of the stats and the numbers and understanding the fact that a lot of these stats are also incredibly skewed and doctored in ways that feed into the political agendas and how these in turn feed into the capitalist gains of the society that we are seeking equality in a society that we are seeking equity in and a society where we are seeking liberation and justice within and ultimately disassociating one from the other is doing a disservice to the overall true picture of what we're really talking about so for me when i think about role models especially the concept of black fatherhood we need to explore the whole plethora of the conversation not just the idea that black fathers not being in the household is leading to detrimental outcomes in black boys without understanding the full picture and exploring the nuance of that to be able to lay the responsibility at the door of all the rights structures and people within the society as well as taking accountability and ownership in the concept of black men themselves thank you guys so much for engaging in this conversation thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode and hopefully it's kind of struck a chord and really kind of triggered some thoughts and some feelings and hopefully some actions moving forward thank you guys so much and catch you on the next episode peace and love